Bantermites. I hope you are ready for a mind-bending plot twist of an episode because today we are going to be ranking our top five Christopher Nolan movies and plot twist. It's actually not going to be a plot twist episode. We're actually just ranking the top five like we typically rank things. So yeah, hope that uh, was quite the plot twist for you. And we're about to get into that uh, in just a second. See you on the other side of the intro. Wes, it's pretty exciting to be able to get get new stuff out, interact with the with the listeners more. And this week, we've got something something great. But what, before we get to that, Wes, what you been up to lately? You been watching football this weekend? I watched some. I was well, you know, I'm in Indiana, unlike you. So the Colts game was on TV, and that was sad. That was sad. Um, <laughs> I was there, and and the Browns got thumped. Yeah, but nobody cares about the Browns. And the Falcons got thumped. Oh. So literally, the three things in football that make me happy all was was bad. It was all bad. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, Purdue I'd didn't even play. Game was, huh? And Purdue didn't even play because Big Ten. Yeah, but they're coming back. They're apparently. coming back. Man, so it was a bad bad football weekend for Wes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. W- it was tough. The Colts. I had high hopes. I was at the the Jags game this weekend, and it was the only NFL game that had fans. It was about mm-hmm. it was about twenty percent full, so it basically looked like a normal Jacksonville Jaguars football game. Yep. And we took the L. Philip Rivers threw a couple untimely picks. Looks looks. Mm-hmm. He he did his best Jacoby Brissett impression. We'll say that. You know, I will say I watched that game. And I realized, you know, I haven't watched Philip Rivers that much, probably because he was in San Diego, mm-hmm. you know, and like his footwork as he, after he took the snaps, just really grinded my gears. Mm, he looked a little Jay Cutler-esque, didn't he? Yeah. It was, I was like, are you even going to stand up? Can you back foot every you, time? Like, like, can you stand, sir? Do you need a walker out there? Cause you're so old. <laughs> yeah. And Marlon Mack towards Achilles is it it a rough, it was a rough, rough day. For yeah. your Colts and for your and for you, Wes, as a Baker fan, legit, I've been seeing reports Baker is on the hot seat. Oh, he definitely is. Baker and got- and Sam Darnold, uh, I've been seeing. Oh well, Sam Darnold's bad. Yeah, he's bad. But this is only what year two for him, or is it year three? Three. Is it year three? It's year three. So year three for both of them, and they're both. If they both don't produce this year, they may be gone forever. Aaron Hernandez. They might be in trouble. Yeah, but. I think Baker will be fine. Sam Darnold, I think he deserves to get the boot, but that's personal. Like, we're at this point where Baker has so many weapons. Like, that is not even in debate. He has two Pro Bowl wide receivers, a couple good tight ends, and two outstanding running backs. No yeah. no excuses. I didn't watch the game, so I don't really know what went wrong. But I just know that the scoreboard went wrong for them for yeah sure. and then your falcons man they do it every single year they they get off to these bad starts yep they're gonna lose the first four games at least yeah they'll be they'll and be then they'll, they'll be one and four or something like that and then they'll and then, end up seven and nine or eight and eight yep tough it's bad news bears four, bad news bears 450 passing yards for matt ryan 
Kind of a stud. Just gotta say. But they're... It was good for me. I mean, I have Julio on my fantasy team. Granted, that got thumped too. Mm. So that was fine. <laughs> I really just don't want to think about football anymore. Well, then let's not think about football. What, what have you been watching lately? Anything fun? TV shows and movies? I've watched some Hell's Kitchen with my roommate. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen? I love Hell's Kitchen. It's great reality TV. Is that with... Perry, you want to know one cool thing I did do since last time we talked? What did you do? I officiated a wedding. Oh, that's right. I saw that on your Insta. Isn't that nuts? How'd that go? It was phenomenal. Tears? One of the best... Ex- no, I didn't cry. Did you make anyone else cry? I don't know. I feel like the moms always cry, so I don't really feel like I did that. Mm. I feel like they just did that themselves. It was a good time. It was... Would recommend marrying somebody and not being married to them. <laughs> <laughs> quote that's a wesism would recommend <laughs> marrying somebody and not really being married to them wes correct wes richardson we'll put that one uh in in the book in the instagram all by itself with no context i've i find myself i'm just starting to gather more and more aliases um because also today so i have a job right yep. i've been working yep. and i was like i need to meet people in the community right so I, I emailed the athletic director at the only high school in the county. And I was like, do you need a track coach? And he was like, actually, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that easy. It's that easy, huh? It's that B- easy. Benton Central? Benton Central. Benton Central. The Bruins. Yeah. Right? No, Bruins? No, 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 no. They're not the Bruins. They're the... Buffaloes? Bison. Bison. They're the bison. They're the bison. See, you know some B names. Yeah. And so I am I think I'm going to meet with one of the coaches to find out if that's going to be a thing. So <laughs> You want to know something funny? I'm, I yeah. got offered the seventh grade basketball co- head coaching job for Benton Central last year. What? Yeah. You didn't take no, it? No, it's too far away, and I had a job. It would have been really hard to to make did that. Did you work. know? Did you know that uh, one of our friends was the Benton Central seventh grade coach? <laughs> well, actually, who wait, who ended up doing it? It was Jake Rocky. Jake Rocky. Okay, so so I guess technically what I said was not entirely accurate. I had somebody that was like sibling was going to Benton Central and they told me I should I should uh, coach the team. So oh. so I guess I didn't exactly get offered by like the school, but then I, I yeah, I was like no. It was by someone who clearly was looking for someone to coach the team. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that could be a thing. So, you know, I've been I've been West, I've been Robinson, I've been Donkey. <laughs> I've been reverend now. <laughs> now I could be coach. Officiator. Officiator. Yeah. Any, any cracking any good jokes? Well, how's the, so how's the, how's the crowd? How's the crowd? Small. <laughs> Small crowd, but were they a tough crowd? No, they were nice. Okay. The the groomsmen all gave the when they walked down the aisle and walked up to stand next to the groom, they all gave him a high five and smacked his butt. And so uh after that, um, after the bride got there, I said, all right, does anyone else want to take a shot at the groom before we get started? <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. I felt good about that joke. You should have taken a shot at the groom. I you should, should have. have just been holding his butt while you said that. You know, we had actually... <laughs> JK. That, that thought crossed our mind. That was on the table. <laughs> just we literally talked about he and I cupping each other during the whole... <laughs> <laughs> what a wedding that could have been to remember. Legit, Wes, <laughs> Wes, if I ever officiated a wedding, the main thing that would be going through my mind is how can I make this wedding one that no one will ever forget. That is that is what would be going through my mind. Oh, my gosh. So, 
You want to officiate That's probably Yes, absolutely. That's probably what will be going through my mind at my own wedding someday, too. So, <laughs> How can I make this something no one will ever forget? Correct. Like, I've been to enough <laughs> weddings now. I'm an eight-wedding veteran for being in a wedding eight times now. Oh, so, dude. So I would want my own wedding to be one where wedding veterans go and be like, this was an amazing wedding. I'm not going to forget for this reason. There was a there was a robotic bull or something. I don't know. Oh, dude, I, ro- I, I ride in mind. on the back of a a donkey. I was gonna say giraffe, but that donkey may be more realistic. Yeah, because I can. We can make that happen. <laughs> and oh, you're man. and you're walking in front with like palm leaves, setting them down. Jk, that would, what is this, that would be saying I'm like Jesus sent- or something. That's, I was gonna say is that sacrilegious? No, Maybe we shouldn't no. cross that line. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, so is that <laughs> that, uh, that all ca- so anyway, that all came from the question? What have you been watching lately? <laughs> well, the answer to what I've been watching is not much. I haven't had much time. Well, I've got a few suggestions for you. Then are you going to tell me to watch Troll Hunters? Well, you do need to watch that so that maybe we can do an episode on that someday. But well, obviously we're. I'm almost done with Avatar now. I've got. I've saved the. It's about time. I've saved the last four episodes. Now, this is a rewatch through, obviously, but uh, I've saved the last four episodes, which are all four parts, as they're basically a movie, and yep. my roommate and I are going to watch them together uh, this weekend. And so I've been ranking every single episode as I go, and I'm going to put, I'm going to uh, build that out into a ranking for my blog, and then we'll also use that for a ranking on the next episode of Banter. So that'll be great. I've was suggested a show uh, by one of my buddies called Midnight Gospel, which is kind of interesting. It's like a podcast. Okay. Imagine like, imagine like if we had a movie, huh? If we had a show, no. Imagine like if um a couple like I don't know kind of potheads, but like millennials had a just had a podcast that they just put into a show kind of thing. Like it's an animated show where. Every episode is like a long, like podcast type discussion slash interview. Oh. But behind that, like the characters are doing something like imagine like a Rick and Morty episode, but it's just an ongoing like conversation the whole time. So it's kind of enjoyable though. Like I watch it and I'm just like, this is the strangest thing I'm I've ever disturbed. seen. But. It's kind of disturbing, but in a funny way. Uh, anyway, that's one that I've been watching. Another show, Central Park. I've heard of that. Have you heard of this show? I've heard of that. It's on. It's an Apple TV original. I believe it's by the people who made Bob's Burgers, possibly okay. like the. Uh, but it's executive produced by Josh Gad. Oh. And uh, he's he's a uh, he's a main voice in it, and he's great in it. And it's a musical comedy. Oh. That. So it's kind of in the style as like a Bob's Burgers, like somewhat of an adult animated comedy type, mm-hmm. but it's like a musical, like there's always like three songs in each episode, three or four songs in each episode, and it's a little more dumbed down because, you know, Josh Gad, he's not like a, he's, he's a, he's more of a, a family man. Like he's not going to make something like that that his kids can't watch with right, him probably. Right. So it is, it is like, I would say more PG-13 in terms of. Uh, who can watch it? And it's it's. I've had a great time with it. I've watched four episodes uh, already. Really good, really fun, um, and made me smile and laugh. And the songs are actually pretty good. Leslie Odom Jr., voice of uh, of uh, Aaron Burr mm-hmm. in uh, he plays Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Hamilton. 
is uh, the other main voice. It also has, in the first season, Kristen Bell is uh, a voice. There's only one season right now. These are like... These are like real people. Yeah, Kristen Bell is a main character as well, but she's not going to be in the second season when that comes out. So, anyway, really good show. If you if you can snag a a free trial of Apple TV, that'd be something I'd go for. Hmm. So really fun. It's only ten episodes too in that season in that first season. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah, man. That's that is pretty much what I've been watching, and I'm about to finish Avatar. So then I'm probably gonna have a lot more things. To start, my parents canceled our Netflix account, but hopefully I can get a hold of another Netflix account so I can watch Legend of Korra. Oh, so good. Yeah. I could go on for days about that one, too. And oh, we'll I will rewatch, I'll rewatch that in a heartbeat. Are we going to have to do a Legend of Korra episode at some point? Probably. I don't see why not. We'll have to figure out if, if there's enough interest in the, in the fan base to do a Legend of Korra episode. I think they're big enough nerds. Yeah. Or I was another thing that came to mind was maybe rewatching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and doing an episode on that, but I I don't know uh on the interest of our listener base in that show. But maybe they, we could try to sell it so maybe they would be interested. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Tell them that they're tell, tell them that they're missing out. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Anyway, all right. Uh so main topic for today, Christopher Nolan, the best in my opinion, director of our generation. He has directed 11 movies in his career, many of which are some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, We both just watched Tenet recently. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to go through and rank our top five Christopher Nolan movies. So you, unfortunately, Wes, have only seen six of these, correct? We believe so. I think that's what we counted. So that's, I mean... Poor effort. Poor effort by me. Poor effort by you. So I knew that I needed to get... Somebody in here that has seen most, if not all, of Christopher Nolan's catalog um, so that for the ones that you haven't seen, I can get someone on here who has, can talk about those with me as well. And so, thankfully, my roommate Landon has seen, after yesterday when we watched Insomnia, every single Christopher Nolan directed movie. Oh, and so I've seen, nice. all but, I've seen all but his first one. But yeah, so he's going to join us right after this little break of smooth elevator music to break down these movies. All right, Wes, are you ready to to start going through these Nolan movies? Yeah, I think so. All right, sweet. So, I've got our guest, somebody that Wait, we have a guest. We have a guest for the first time in a while. When was the last time we had a guest? With me, oh, like a guest, like with including me. Besides you, you're all, like a, you're not a like, guest. You're, I meant like a guest while I was on the show because you had guests while I was oh, MIA. True, I did have Kelly while you were MIA, and I did have. Corey and James while you were at MIA. Let's see here. When was the last time we had a guest on the show with you also on the show? It's been a while. Could it have been Kevin Lima? I think it was. It probably was. Yeah, it was Kevin Lima. Our interview with him was the last time we've had a guest. So 
this this guest is like maybe almost as big a deal as Kevin Lima. I mean, he hasn't directed a a movie like that, but from the hometown of Seattle, Washington, at five foot ten, weighing in at one forty five, from Biola University, coming in to the podcast for his first time. It's Landon Holly. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Although, it is radio, so you could have given me a couple more inches and pounds. I would have, uh, you know, would have appreciated that. But that's I probably could now have. Now the viewers have a, a great vision of I what my, my true frame is. So. Right, but I, I, I left out the frosted tips and all that jazz, so you know, still pretty <laughs> flattering, I feel like. Left out yeah. the bushy mustache. <laughs> the handlebar, yeah. The handlebars. Yeah. Uh, He's basically up, Burt Reynolds. We can make up absolutely whatever facial features we <laughs> want because nobody will ever know it's just what do you mean makeup it's an audio made up anything oh yeah exactly just like just like wes you have that flowing that flowing um uh mane of hair as well the mullet and everything i am i'm gonna take troy palomalo's spot with head and shoulders for sure I thought you said you were gonna put my picture up on the on the podcast thing. I'm I'm a regular now. Oh yeah, we'll just put you up on the website. Everyone will know we what don't I have like. a website. <laughs> Can you make us a website? <laughs> All right, so Landon, you're a first timer on the show and a very uh, appropriate guest for this episode, I would say, due to the fact that you have seen every single Christopher Nolan movie. Correct? I have yes. As of as of yesterday, I saw uh, the following, uh, which was the last one I needed to see. Um, we'll go back and forth on this, I'm sure. I don't like to count uh, insomnia because yes. Nolan didn't write it, but right. that is neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, so seen them all. Big Nolan guy, big fan. Uh, so thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to chat about it. Absolutely. This will be fun. Um, so to start here, I just want to go through the contenders. We've got 11 movies. And I know Landon said he doesn't count insomnia. We're just... We're just going to mention it anyway. It probably won't show up on our lists, but it is a directed uh, a movie that's directed by Christopher Nolan um, from 2002. So we're going to first go through all the contenders, all the Nolan directed movies, give a little bit of info about the movie, maybe what it's about, what it, some stories from production or what the critical acclaim, Rotten Tomatoes scores, whatever about these movies so that we can refresh your minds if you've seen them or you know give you a little bit of a of a of a gist of the film if you haven't and then we'll get into our individual opinions on these movies so the first christopher nolan directed movie is a movie that Landon just mentioned called following from 1998 and neither wes nor i have seen this movie and neither probably has a single person in our audience <laughs> um, judging by our our Instagram polls, I think maybe one person had seen it. It seemed oh, wow. like, ouch! I forgot it's to go back thing. on and rank it after I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all honesty, it is Christopher Nolan, so that I mean, it, it it you can tell it's Nolan, but you're not missing that much. I mean, it's an hour ten minutes. It was filmed on what six K budget, six thousand yeah, dollar budget. So wow. Um, and I think you told me that they they filmed it all on weekends because the camera crew is doing other stuff. Sorry, I'm Correct. stealing all yeah. your fun Yeah, no, facts, no, no, you're but, right, you're right. But uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much the short and simple version is uh, there's this guy who um, he's an aspiring writer, and so he he's interested in people, follows people around, and he has this one rule that he's never supposed to follow the same person more than once. But he ends up uh, breaking that rule and then kind of gets himself into some trouble. And um, in a very Nolan esque fashion, you see him the kind of two different times. So this is where he's first meeting the guy. And then later on uh, when he has a completely different look and he's um, the, the, the guy that he meets uh, or he starts following trains him how to just be a small 
time burglar. Um, and he falls in love with this woman and then they end up setting him up in the end um, and, and framing him for murder. So it's kind of this whole intricate thing, very Nolan-esque where halfway through you realize that he's this character and this character. And then there's kind of the twist and then uh, the the double twist with the fact that they're setting him up uh, for the murder. And then the, the dude ends up killing uh, the the woman partner that he was in. So yeah, very is one of his darker ones, and hmm. that's you know, I feel like hopefully that two minute synopsis is all you need to know about the following. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, that seems like a much better synopsis than what I had copied and pasted from IMDb. Um, <laughs> so we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, six thousand dollar budget. That's like a used car. Yeah. Like <laughs> I I paid more for my yeah. first car than that. But that, I do have to say in all fairness, like it is very Nolan and you can see the potential in him even in that, you know, you know, 70 minutes that and I mean he, he did end up becoming a fantastic director, so. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of fun to watch as like, ah, that's that's Christopher Nolan uh, as he got to start, so. Yeah. One thing that is usually typical of Nolan movies and you'll find out uh as as we go through the rest of these is long run times uh his first one <laughs> did not have a long run time in fact it had a run time shorter than 1953's peter pan which is like one of the shortest disney <laughs> animated movies so pretty interesting that this movie was how he got to start i mean still 7.5 imdb 80 percent rotten tomatoes so has some positive reviews i imagine the rotten tomato score is skewed because there's probably not very many reviews of it but Maybe that's a four out of five, honestly. <laughs> but uh, Christopher Nolan uh, used 16 millimeter film for this movie, which is kind of like local commercial grade film uh, and that he purchased out of his own salary. Wow. So that tells you a little bit about it's it's really a passion project trying to get started. And But he, he really broke in his apparently his nonlinear storytelling that he then would use for like four other of his future movies with like Memento and yeah um, stuff like that. So, which Memento was his next one that he did chronologically, right? Yep, Memento in two thousand, two years later. That one, Wes, have you seen Memento? No, but I know the gen- general plot. Okay, it was on Netflix for for a while. Was I think really? I watched it. I watched it in college. 93% Rotten Tomatoes, 8.4 IMDb. It got an Oscar nom for Best Original Screenplay and Best Sound Editing and all of that on just a $4.5 million budget. Wow. Pretty impressive. Hmm. So uh, it was actually his brother who pitched the idea of the movie to him. And his brother and him, uh, Christopher and Jonathan Nolan, worked on many of the movies together. Many of Christopher Nolan's movies were also written by Jonathan. So mm-hmm. uh, I knew Jonathan pitched him the, the memento idea and uh, Christopher Nolan ran with it. And, and honestly, it's, it's probably, I don't, I don't want to say it's like the first like mind bender of the style because there's, there's some other types of movies that go back further, but um, you know, you get the real, kind of mind-blowing twist and turn um, at the end of the movie that makes you go like, whoa, I did not see that coming kind of yeah. thing. So, interesting movie. What did you think of... Well, I guess we'll, we'll get into opinions of Memento later, but sure, uh, sure. how would you maybe summarize uh, your experience of Memento? Yeah, I watched it uh, in college as well, so it, it has been a while, but I just remember being blown away by the twist at the end, like you said, and it's just... 
you're kind of trying to sort it all through. And I think what Nolan does really well is you feel that, so the main character has amnesia if you haven't seen it. And you as the audience member really feel like you have that amnesia also, because you're trying to figure out what's going on and it's told, you know, in black and white and in color going two different directions where like the middle of the story is the end of the movie. So you definitely feel like you're almost in the same shoes as the character trying to figure everything out. So, uh, which just only adds to the, just enhances the the movie watching experience. So yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely a good one and just very Nolan-esque, you know? So, yep. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's especially for, you know, another low budget one 20 years ago now. And actually I hear that they're working on a, a remake of Memento. Um, Is he going to be directing it also? Yes, oh, wow, also by Nolan. So it's will it be a remake? Will it be a kind of a sequel? Or I I don't know, but could definitely use an update. Um, I would say that would be it, 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 while it's you know the movie it, the idea is spectacular. I think the biggest like pull on that or the biggest um, knock on Memento is that it's kind of a tough watch mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like the visuals aren't really there. Just it just seems a little low yeah. budget yeah you know definitely would agree with that especially after i mean we just watched tenet yep the blaring blaring difference <laughs> yeah 200 quality but right writing writing was was fantastic though so then we move on to the really I, I mean it's the last uh of the nolan movies before we get to ones that wes has seen um and it's the only nolan directed christopher nolan directed movie that he didn't write and it's Insomnia from 2002. This movie has 92% Rotten Tomatoes, 7.2 IMDb. And uh, Landon and I watched it for the first time last night. And I was honestly uh, a little disappointed. Um, stars Al Pacino and Robin Williams. And uh, Robin Williams, actually, the only role I've ever seen him in a, a villain role. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Can you guys think of any other Robin Williams villain roles? No, I, I can't in all honesty. Me neither. Is, huh. is he the voice of one anywhere? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. It's it's, it's a definitely a different Robin Williams, and it's a later later Robin Williams too. Like he's been famous for a long time at this point, so he's it's an age, it's a weathered Robin Williams, and and I think he does a really good job. Uh, budget of forty five million, so it's uh you know much different. Um, than the previous two. Interesting thing, uh, Wes. You have you met my my friend Silas from high school, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. So so he's up living in Valdez, Alaska area. And I read uh, when I was reading about this film that the opening aerial over the uh, the Columbia Glacier was shot just outside of Valdez, Alaska, um, in two thousand one. And then there's a kind of a spin out scene uh just past a, a waterfall on on the road um like the waterfall's not on the road but you're driving past a waterfall and then there's like a, a spin out and that is also taken just outside valdez at bridal vale falls so i gave him uh, a, a call when i saw that online and i was like man did you know this was this was a thing that there was a movie film just outside of valdez and he's like no way dude you're gonna have to give me a shout out on the show so shout <laughs> shout out to silas uh for, that, that was his final that was like his sum up of that conversation oh, was that that was exactly because it was, what went down because it was right here you have to give me a shout out uh, yeah it's exactly what went down and then the town of Nightmute was actually filmed uh in squamish uh, british columbia so a lot of a lot of the movie was filmed in british columbia but just a few scenes in valdez alaska so pretty neat. Anyway, it's about it's about this murder that happens and uh, to a seventeen year old girl, 
and they bring in this L.A. detective to hopefully solve the murder. Uh, some things go down, and now all of a sudden this L.A. detective is trying to cover up the uh, an accidental killing. He accidentally killed his partner in a foggy shootout with the bad guy. And so it goes from being this like detective movie to like a movie about a detective covering up a murder... Um, and then Robin Williams gets involved and it's, uh, it gets really kind of complicated. I, I, I liked the direction of the movie more in the first 20 or so minutes than I did after I, after we started turning into kind yeah, of a cover up. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. So it, it was a weird one. Uh, not bad though. I, I, I wouldn't give it the, the 92% around tomatoes. I guess that's more of a 92% of the people enjoyed it. And I would say I probably enjoyed it enough to give it a like a seven out of 10, but, uh, just hard to, you know, anything with Robin Williams in it. It's like, it's going to be pretty good. I just enjoy watching him as an actor. So yeah, he's great. Yeah, he is great. And even great, not being funny. Like he wasn't funny at all. No, he was just good. So, all right, now we get to move on to something you've seen Wes for sure. 2005's Batman begins. Hmm. A classic. Classic. 8.2 IMDb, 84% Ron tomatoes. They so Nolan after completing these like first three movies all to pretty good acclaim uh, took on the project in 2003 to take on the Batman movies and they had not been doing so well the previous ones Batman Forever and Batman and Robin both had kind of flopped so oh Batman and Robin that's the one with uh, Schwarzenegger isn't it where he's Doctor Freeze or whatever is, is he Mister Freeze or yeah whatever yeah it, that's that's the one and like uh. Is her name her name's not Poison Ivy, is it? Or yeah, is it? yeah. Poison, Poison Ivy, Ivy, villain. She's in it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> who's wait? It's, who's Batman then? That one's George Clooney. I'm pretty sure. Clooney. Okay. Not, I, not I haven't sure watched. Clooney. I, I haven't even watched most of the older Batmans. Let me just say this is this is a tangent, but it's fine. Robin has not been used effectively or enough in any Batman movie. Dude, Robin is dope. Yeah, you got that man crush on Robin. No, I have a man crush on Nightwing and Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What if you just put Tom Holland as Robin? Oh, you can't. He's in Marvel. You just can't. You just can't do that. Okay. And he's gonna be Jim Hawkins. And he's gonna be every Absolutely. other of your favorite. He's in another movie coming out soon, or did come out. What about Tim- Timothy Ch- Timothy Chalamet? He could do it. He's the other. I feel like okay, but Robin's kind of jacked. Oh yeah. Timothy Chalamet is like a toothpick. Anyway, so no one wanted this Batman. Uh, trilogy, or I, I guess at the time he didn't know it was going to be a trilogy, but he wanted this Batman franchise to be much more darker, use minimal CG and more traditional stunts, and he based uh, Batman Begins on a few different comic book uh, inspirations. The Man Who Falls, Batman Year One. So The Man Who Falls is like a, a Bruce Wayne um, origin story. Batman Year One, and then Batman The Long Halloween, which I believe was the origination of a Scarecrow uh, villain. I'm not positive, but Nominated for Best Cinematography, did not win it. I don't know what won it that year, 2005. I'm not sure. But um, Christian Bale was cast after considering Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, Henry Cavill, and some others uh, for the role they gave it to Bale. And it's interesting, he was just getting off The Machinist. So he had to gain about 100 pounds. And once they got to, to um, initial filming, he had gained 130 pounds. 
So he had to drop some to 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 get into the Damn. part. Pretty interesting. I don't know if you've seen those before and after pictures, but it, it is wild the transformation and oh holy cow! He is completely skin and bones that for is the machinist. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Can't be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but that's uh, that's pretty much the summary of like how this movie got, you know, started to put it together. They you know bail trained in kung fu to be Batman and. Hans Zimmer, James Newton Howard got together for their first time to collaborate on a score. Interesting that... So, Wes, did you know where the first two Batman movies were... Like, Gotham City was kind of exclusively... Not exclusively, but was mostly shot in one one specific city. Do you know what it is? Ooh, I don't. I'm going to guess Chicago, but I don't know. Bingo. So, most... most <laughs> I win. Most of the first two movies, a lot of the city scenes of Chicago, with a little bit of London, a little bit of New York in the first two films, but mostly Chicago. You can see a lot of the sh- a lot of Chicago in The Dark Knight. And then, it's interesting, in the third film, which we'll get to in a second, they uh, it's mostly New York City with a little bit of Pittsburgh. So, hmm. kind of weird how Gotham City changes so much. But, anyway. So... Batman Begins, they start up the Batman franchise again. Pretty good. The Scarecrow is the main villain, but it's a lot of just an origin story. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. But, All a, right. but it's a darn good origin story. It is a good origin story. Uh, I mean, it seemed like they probably don't have to do origins with Batman anymore. Same with, like, Into the Spider-Verse, you don't, you know, or or just, like, the Tom Holland Spider-Man. You don't really have to do an origin story, but Yeah, but I feel like did. Nolan did a good job kind of grounding the origin story a little bit more like it doesn't feel like batman has all these powers he's just a you know yeah you got the crime fighting training and stuff yeah a much deeper darker emotional impact for sure absolutely so trying to keep me moving uh we got the prestige 2006 that one has an 8.5 imdb 76 percent around tomatoes basically developed over the idea of the three elements of a good illusion the pledge the turn and the prestige so the movie itself is based around these three acts it's about two magicians that are constantly trying to one-up each other and have the best trick and how far will they take it um what are they willing to sacrifice to have the best illusion um and the soundtrack in itself actually had those three distinct acts as well Mm. of the uh the pledge the turn and the prestige so only uh interesting fact only one set was built for this whole movie everything was done in locations that they found except for the under the stage uh couple of <laughs> scenes where they wow. uh, where they hide the machinery that makes the larger machines work um for for tricks and whatnot so interesting kind of interesting wow. yeah they, they found all these sets they didn't build any i'm surprised catalog. it's only 76 percent on rotten tomatoes like i mean we'll get into rankings later it, it it's not highest on my list, but huh, I thought it was, a, it was a good movie. Yeah, 76%, one of the lower ones. I've met several people that don't like it. Also, were, uh, were Christian Bale and uh, Christian Bale just having like a bromance at this point? Oh, probably. Like, yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackman was the other role. Didn't mention that, but Hugh Jackman did a great job as well. I, f- I feel like he was just Batman. He just said, okay, please stay. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many recurring Nolan actors. I mean, you can't have a Christopher Nolan movie without Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael like, Caine you know. is his good oh, luck yeah. charm. For sure. He's, he's everyone's good. He should be in every movie. <laughs> Crying Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, then we get on to 2008 with The Dark Knight and Christian Bale again. And this time we've got Heath Ledger coming oh. in to play the Joker. 
don't even get where, me started. In, in possibly the most iconic villain role of any movie mm-hmm. of all time. Um, unfortunately, we all know that Heath Ledger passed away uh, a few months after filming in about six months or three months or something before the movie was released. Um, so that tough, still tough to, you know, to just watch. Uh, he's the lead in another one of my favorite movies, A Knight's Tale. So it's tough to watch, you know, him mm-hmm. be, he's, he's such an amazing actor and, and, it's, and it's gone too soon, but mm. that movie did 9.0 IMDb, which is a huge accomplishment. Not very many movies cross the nine mark on IMDb, 94% Rotten Tomatoes. It was inspired by The Long Halloween as well and The Killing Joke comic books. Uh, Film is primarily in Chicago, like I said. And this is the first actual uh, film ever to utilize IMAX 70mm cameras. Oh, uh, interesting. So it used them for about 28 minutes of the film. Eight Oscar noms, which I think tied the record at the time, or maybe set the record. I don't know. I know it's at least been tied since then. Uh, supporting actor, sound editing, were both took those down with Heath Ledger. I think Heath Ledger won like 20 different supporting actor awards for that movie wow. from really? 20 different like That's awards. Incredible. So basically taking the clean sweep uh, of that one. Art direction, cinematography, sound mixing, visual effects, makeup, and film editing were all noms that it received. I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize about The Dark Knight is that the title, The Dark Knight, was given intentionally to not put Batman in the name to signify a different sort of Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first first Batman movie without Batman in the title. Also, it signifies the Harvey Dent, uh, his fall. Uh, he's the White Knight. Right. They say that a couple yeah. times in his fall um so a couple little easter eggs there but yeah a little fun fact the the movie drew so much public attention that while filming in chicago they called it uh the movie was given the title rory's first kiss so it wouldn't have that kind of public (laughs) attention everybody be flocking the sets while media uncovered it pretty quick (laughs) yeah that is pretty interesting isn't it rory's first kiss huh that's the dark knight wes and i'm sure that'll be on our list somewhere uh, we'll have to find out if where. If it's not, hey. someone might have to have a talking to. <laughs> someone um, might have to be a firm rebuking. Wes, have you seen that one? Well, of course. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? I might not have seen half of Christopher Nolan's movies, but by golly, I have seen a goofy movie, and I think that's what matters. And I have it. So I'll, I'm just... I'm just, I'm just <laughs> Fair, you live with this yep. man for, what, a month at least now, and you haven't shown him a goofy movie? Yeah, sorry about that. Who do you think you are? I don't know. You did Failure. show me your name, though. I did show him your name, which you haven't seen yet. The next one, 2010, we've got Inception. Mm-hmm. Another staple from the Nolan French, or Nolan catalog. 8.8 IMDb, 87%, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, he first pitched the idea to Warner Brothers in 2001, but decided to go a different route with the, with the Batman movies so that he could get more used to big-budget movie production. Mm. Um but actually, Brad Pitt and Will Smith were offered the role before Leonardo DiCaprio, so really? that's pretty interesting. Wow. But he did always want to work with Leo, and uh, when he when he finally convinced DiCaprio to take the role, I think it was something that, you know, he was super excited about. Uh, a couple other things to know about Inception, which, uh, I mean, if you guys need a, a refresher on the movie, uh, I'm going to ask, what kind of movies do you guys watch if you don't watch Inception? Um it's you know about diving into uh dreams essentially and you can get basically into someone else's dream and they're trying to plant a 
they're trying to go basically three levels down in dreams and plant, plant, plant an idea, an idea in yeah. someone's mind that can change, uh, that he that can then grow in his mind, and then he can use to make a different decision in his reality. So essentially, changing the future yeah. by using dreams. So interesting idea. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it, and he did all his own stunts pretty much, which is something that's I incredible. did not know. Wow. There's some pretty cool scenes in like a hotel that's like got no gravity and it's like spinning and well and isn't that set i heard that's not like cgi or anything no no yeah they that actually like rotates they had a rotating hallway absolutely insane nuts which is like totally a nolan thing major major props to jgl for running around a spilling a spinning hallway insane oh insane for sure the the ending is something that people always talk about the ending of this movie is he still in a dream is the top gonna fall over no one says his ambiguity of the of the ending was totally intentional um but Cobb, the more important thing is Cobb is not looking at the top anymore when the movie cuts to black and he's looking at his kids so he's not not waiting to see so anyway that's that's interesting signifying that he has left behind this idea uh of if he's in reality or not i don't know michael kane though said that if he's in the scene, then it's reality because mm. he never went into the dream. So that's, if you're really wondering about that, that's what Michael Caine says. Take that as you will. Mm. The movie was nominated for eight Oscars, so then tying uh, The Dark Knight. Did you know that Christopher Nolan's never won an Oscar himself? Really? Yeah. He hasn't? Nope, never won. Uh, the only ones he could win are like screenplay, best picture, and best director, I think, right? That's a really surprising. So I'm, uh, I'm assuming he'll get that. How dare they? I hope so. The audacity know, of yeah, some people. The audacity. So moving on to 2012, we got The Dark Knight Rises, the the final of the Nolan Dark Knight movies. 87% mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, 8.4 IMDb. Bane is the villain and draws heavily inspiration from A Tale of Two Cities, the story arc of that uh, book. So that it's actually the Easter egg at the end with the eulogy for Bruce Wayne taken directly from A Tale of Two Cities. Didn't know it. That's so Heath Ledger was supposed to reprise his role as the joker but when he passed away christopher nolan um wrote the joker out of the movie um, tom hardy did fantastic tom hardy did do fantastic oh, he was love great tom hardy. uh the aurora shooting we can't forget that that was significant that happened a midnight premiere killed yeah. killing 12 people so that will forever mar i would think the movie a little bit it didn't have anything to do with the movie itself still a great movie though it somehow received zero oscar nominations interesting hmm. so I'm interested to see where and slash if The Dark Knight Rises ends up in your guys' rankings. But moving on to 2014, we've got Interstellar. This one was 8.6 IMDb, 72% Rotten Tomatoes. And sci-fi space epic film, Matt McConaughey going through a wormhole and finding an inhabitable planet in this dystopian future to save the earth, it's save the human's the population. It's all about the power of love. The power of love. And yeah. Gravity. That was a little stupid, but love and gravity. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually one of the most scientifically researched, like most well scientifically researched films ever made. Like it's crazy how well it stands up to, to the science behind it. I know that, um, that theoretical physicist Kip Thorne played a huge role mm-hmm. in, um, the idea, the pitch for this movie before it was taken really under the um, microscope by the Nolan brothers. I assume Jonathan was involved on this one, I, though I'm not positive. Brand new 
cinematographer for this one for Nolan at least uh, because his normal cinematographer Wally Pfister was doing his directorial debut during this time so he hired Hoyt Van Hoytema to do cinematography what a name and it received five Oscar noms one it won the visual effects but um, also was nominated for original score sound mixing sound editing and production design just a couple left here. We've got Dunkirk from 2017. This one had a 92% Rotten Tomatoes, 7.9 IMDb. War movie. First war movie for Nolan. It depicts land, sea, and air perspectives of Dunkirk's evacuation in World War II. It's interesting that the the way he tells the timelines are very different. The land story is about a, a week uh, timeline. The sea story is about a day and the air story is about an hour, mm-hmm. but they're all going uh, congru- uh, congruently. Yeah, that's a good know. word. Con- is that a word? Yeah, that's <laughs> close I mean, enough. I mean, it is a word. I just don't know if it's the right word. Yeah. Cohesive. Um, they, they, they all intersect at some point, right? But they're, yes. other than that one moment where like all three of them are together, it's kind of... Right. They're, they're, they're on different timelines, but they're being told like... Like they're yeah, kind of inter- intercut or whatever. Yeah, yeah, going in and out of each other, switching from storyline to storyline. Um, the script itself was about half of the length of most of Christopher Nolan's scripts because there's oh, yeah. not a lot of dialogue. Forgot about that. Huh, interesting. Really not much dialogue, but yet, even with about half the script, it didn't stop them from taking way too much footage. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was about 54 hours of raw footage. Uh, to go through upon entering post-production. Uh, you're like, here, Hans. <laughs> here you go. Make some uh, music. Yeah, take take this 54 hours and make a movie. That's so much. Um, so, yeah, there was, of course, Zimmer's incredible score using the Shepherd's Tone auditory illusion. Well, and that's not unlike this podcast. I mean, we've, uh, I mean, this is our... 47 yes we're just just editing it down you're right for the people yeah Um, wes and i have been on this call since what tuesday (laughs) (laughs) just running straight through we only have one out of every 45 minutes is usable Mm -hmm. so we can relate a little bit um (laughs) if i could just get wes to stop making all those inappropriate jokes we would do a lot better you would not believe how much i actually talk about baker mayfield on here (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we know you love his mustache, bro, but give it a rest. All right, eight Oscar noms for this one as well. And we're moving on to the last of the Christopher Nolan movies, and that is 2020's Tenet, which a decent amount of you have seen. I was surprised when I did the Instagram poll. A good uh, 10 to 12 of you, it looked like, have already seen Tenet. So good for you. Going back to the theaters, you're still alive. You don't have COVID, I hope. Um, I don't, so, you know, it's great great experience uh there was like only like 15 other people in the theater it seemed like so oh there was like six in mine oh yeah well you watched it a little later on second weekend right or did you watch during the week i think it was i watched it during the week yeah so tenants so far 7.9 imdb 74 percent rotten tomatoes which i believe ties it for no it's a little little Higher than Interstellar. Interstellar has... the lowest Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, Interstellar is the lowest Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, so Insomnia had the lowest IMDb score. So, Um, but yeah, this movie, it's more about time travel and the idea that you can invert an object or then invert a, a human so that they experience time in reverse and then they can invert again 
and then do that time over again yeah basically it, it was interesting how i mean i thought it was interesting especially with movies like inception interstellar being one of the most scientific movies with tenet they're pretty much just like here's what we're gonna do accept it or yep. get out you know yeah so yeah this is, which was, this is real which is accept it yeah yeah and we don't have a lot of like we don't have all the like you know critical acclaim to look for for look through for this movie because it just came out um, but as I was looking through some of the reviews, it does seem like this one is possibly the most challenging Nolan film to, to wrap your head around. It's, it seems to be a consensus. Fair. Fair. Um, Wes, I don't know how you feel about that. Can, do you, did you feel like you could wrap your head around the, uh-huh. the idea of Tenet? And, yeah, yeah, I got it. Well, you must just be... That, that master's degree must it just really put you on a whole other level. It really paid off. <laughs> Theoretical <laughs> physics, man. Who knew they were teaching that in a Purdue master's education? education. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Hans Zimmer didn't do the score. I noticed this when we were watching the credits for it, that it was uh, Ludwig Gorenson. And I found out today that Hans Zimmer has been busy working on Dune, which quietly looks like it could be the best movie of 2020 when it comes out now. That's not saying a whole lot. We've had, what, like four movies? Yeah. So Black Widow comes out, but... Yeah. Ludwig Gortzen also he did the soundtrack for Community, which is my favorite show. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I have I have some of his work written down, but Community is not one that I knew that he worked on. It's a good show. Uh, he he did Rocky, Creed, Black Panther, Venom, and The Mandalorian, which is season oh, two is about to come we out. We love The Mandalorian for that. So he's done some good scores in his own right. He's no schmuck uh, when it comes to composing. And that is all eleven Christopher Nolan movies. You know what the contenders wait, wait. are. What about Batman versus Superman? <laughs> Executive producer Executive Christopher producer. Nolan. The, I, I, are we sure he didn't just like pay to get his like name, on name off? No, I was gonna say off of it. Like, oh, may, he maybe, maybe he was. Oh, oh, maybe he was like the director, and he's like, ah, this sucks. Just make me a producer. <laughs> a Someone else take the fall for me. Yeah, that movie was bad. Now we actually, that's totally false. We know he didn't direct it because of how bad it was. It's it's that kind of transitive property there. Um, we're not going to talk about Batman versus Superman here because we want you to stay with us mm-hmm. for the next little bit um, and not not press pause and go to your Taylor Swift album, wh- whatever what that was called, <laughs> folklore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's start the top fives. My number five is Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight mm. Rises. There we and go. Okay. So this movie... It gets a lot of flack for some reasons, and there's some, I don't know, I've read some internet debates between uh, Dark Knight Rises versus Batman Begins, all those kinds of things. Some say they have a similar story. Some say Dark Knight Rises kind of goes on too long. Say what you will. It's kind of like my guilty pleasure Christopher Nolan movie. For the same reason I have Ant-Man in my top five Marvel movies. I know, hot take. I I just love Dark Knight Rises. I love Tom Hardy. I think he does a fantastic job as Bane. Um, I mean, just that, that scene where they're fighting each other and I, me and my buddies quote Bane all the time. I, you merely adopted the dark. Yeah, I love when he puts his hand, uh, on, I can't remember the, the character's name, but when he puts his hand in Ben oh, Mendelsohn. Yes. When he puts his the hand, actor. he, uh, Tom Hardy like did this on the spot. He spo- he didn't like clamp his shoulder. He just lightly rested his hand. It was like, do you feel in charge? And it's like, oh man. And then he snaps his neck. Yeah, he does. So that's yeah. Bane for you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Dark Knight Rises will be on my list. There's overlap there for sure. But yeah, you're right on. Bane, you know, coming after Heath Ledger's Joker has some shoes to fill, but they don't try to like copy the mold. They try to do something totally different with Bane. Instead of being this totally lunatic psychopath, he just wants to see the world burn. Bane literally calls himself a necessary evil. Mm. He says, I'm a necessary evil. And Gotham's recording. Yeah, he's got this idea of almost like Thanos, like um, like Adrian um, Vate from uh, this is a call out from the Watchmen. Hmm. Is that the guy with the weird face? Uh, no, that that is uh, Rorschach, and he's in wa- in oh. Watchmen. But anyway, the comic, not the series, HBO thing. Uh, this idea of like believing that you're justified in what you're doing but then bane takes it a little farther he knows he's evil like he knows it but yeah he still feels justified so really good movie for a long time this was my favorite and this is gonna spoil a little bit of my rankings but for a long time this was my favorite batman movie mm-hmm. so Ooh. that that did eventually change but oh and then it was batman versus superman yeah yeah <laughs> yep. Oh, that no, it was actually Batman and Robin. Oh no! <laughs> oh dear. Um, oh man. Cool. All right. All right. It's Wes, my, my go turn. ahead with your with your five. All right. At number five, I have the newbie Tenet. Tenet number five. Okay. I okay. liked it a lot. I came to the conclusion that our main character is a better spy than James Bond could ever hope to be, and this was the only trippy christopher nolan movie that i got on the first try so it's, wow i like so i like it a lot because i got it on the first try Wes, let me test your recollection of the movie what was the main character's first name the <laughs> i mean you're not wrong it's well, i know the, i'm not wrong the, the protagonist right exactly. is his name i thought that was interesting they didn't give him a name protagonist comma the yeah so. i i loved it also it was so good to see robert pattinson not be a vampire true be a reputable human being yeah i loved it absolutely loved it i didn't realize it was robert pattinson until the end and i was like wait but i thought i hated robert pattinson right after watching it too (laughs) i'm like okay yeah you can be batman that's okay (laughs) yeah cool cool big fan also recent also recency bias a little bit and you have only six that could be eligible for your five right so it's it's a decent choice yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It's it's oh. a good it's a good film, but some tough there's some tough ones in there, so we'll see if it makes my also, list. Also, probably the loudest movie I've ever been in. Yeah, it was tough to hear some of the dialogue. I was like, hey, wait, what was that? Yeah, the sound but, mixing in this. We'll see if that makes if that wins the uh, the like sixth Nolan movie for sound mixing. But I would say it was a little bit at times yeah. overbearing. I'm looking forward to rewatching it because um, there's still a lot. I'm not. Wes, I'm just not on your level. I didn't. I didn't pick up uh, as oh, many things. So I'm looking. I think. To- I think I was also just trying really hard. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, I'm looking <laughs> forward to rewatching it with subtitles, which is not something I typically do. But mm. yeah. So cool. Cool. All right. My number five is Interstellar. Um, which I'll shout out my sister because uh, Abby just told me the other day is her favorite movie of all time. So oh wow bold bold choice and i as i've been kind of leading up to this episode i need i felt i needed to refresh my memory because there's a lot of competing movies for this five spot on my list um Mm. and 
I just wanted to make sure that I was fresh on Interstellar. So I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, but I did go and watch as many clips as I could or recaps as I could of the movie, um, read through the plot on Wikipedia to refresh my memory. And man, this one is just another just written masterpiece, first of all. Like it's really well mm-hmm. written, um, except for the whole like love is what gets them through. So you didn't like that part. I mean, I know it's controversial, but so as I didn't like it the first time, but second and third times I watch it, I'm like, I'm on board. I'm are on you bored? Yeah. And it's it, personal it, preference. You know? I don't think I'll ever like a movie where love is the key to like where love is your ex machina, you know? Sure. Um, but it was, was love ex machina or was gravity ex machina? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Call me heartless when I say that, but, <laughs> but it's like, this i don't know but the whole story leading up to this though is just beautiful and like i said um in our kind of rundown of the movies super scientifically well researched like effects of space that have never been portrayed before in a movie uh beautiful beautifully shot movie i know that the planets both planets um edmund's planet which is the water planet and man's planet where um a dirty rotten matt damon resides um are both shot in iceland on a couple different locations and they are both gorgeous just incredible so yeah cinematography phenomenal uh hoyt van hoytema did a great job in place of wally fister gotta love some hvh yeah yeah i think i'm gonna name my kid hoyt Gotta love it when the first five letters of your, like the only five letters of your first name are just the first five letters of your last yeah, name. Yeah, how can you forget that? Yeah. Wils Van Wilsima. That's my new name. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> cool. All right. That's my number five. Interstellar. Matt McConaughey getting some good old, hey, how's it going? I'm Dude, Matt fun fact about Interstellar. Uh, my mom randomly bought it one time in like 2015. So very recently. Wow, that's so random. And I never watched it. <laughs> Dude, watch it. You need to watch it. Yeah, I know. Do it. It's a good one. Tonight. <laughs> I, now. It, no, it's in Washington, bro. Oh, okay. Bummer. Yeah, big sad. Oh, wait, are you from Washington? <laughs> I had it on our well, shelf for two years, oh, Wes. Oh, he thinks he thinks I'm from Washington. Oh. <laughs> Washington, that Indiana, was, yeah. That was, that was sad for you, Landon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wes. I got, I was like, oh, Pacific Northwest. No. I mean, population, what? 8,000? 11,000. Thank you very 11, much. 11,000 compared to the state of Washington. Yeah. <laughs> a little different. I don't have that number off the top of my head. <laughs> well, it's got to be at least like, what, 13, 14,000? So. Landon, I I need you to <laughs> come on to... A, Landon, I need you to come on to another episode in a couple weeks and just, just to tell us the population of the state of Washington. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. We'll make it happen. You got it. I'll be back. Perfect. Mites. Perfect. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, um, now knowing the population of Washington, Indiana, we can officially move on to number four. To number four. Landon, what is your number four? Yeah, I'm going to go with Dunkirk for this one. And and uh, I, I just, man, I, I struggled. My top three are pretty clear. And then four through like seven, eight are all close. But man, Dunkirk's just an experience of a movie. And it's so different. I don't know. It, I feel like it just produced some emotion just watching it. Like it's, it doesn't, it, it is a war movie like you said, and, but it doesn't really give you a huge look into any one character, but it's kind of just a very topical outlook on war. And you just really get to see the, the kind of the breadth of it, which I thought mm-hmm. was really interesting. And, um, 
and just with with Tom Hardy's character landing the plane, lighting it on fire as uh can't remember the character's name, but he's reading. Well, most of the characters don't have names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's like reading off that speech from Winston Churchill as, you know, Tom Hardy's just getting ar- arrested by by the Germans. And it's like, you get to see the the vastness of war. And, and they talk about um, kind of PSTD with, with Killian Murphy's character, mm. um, which was kind of a, a cool thing that wasn't talked about at the time. But obviously now we kind of have that, that knowledge. But... I don't know. I, it was just different than any war movie I'd ever seen. And it was beautifully shot. And I just, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, makes it top five. Yeah, man. Dunkirk is such a good movie, but it's, this is a, a realm of so many great war movies. Mm-hmm. This one just didn't hit me as hard fair. as like, for example, this year's 1917 um, or 2016's Hacksaw Ridge. Oh. Which I know is kind of controversial. I've heard a lot of people tell me recently that they didn't actually like that movie, but, um, but yeah, I, I guess for the the not the inability to like really get any like emotional attachment to characters because there's no development of characters. It's just watching them experience a certain amount of time. It adds to the realism of the war, but takes away the emotional attachment for me. So that's fair. I. I- I guess it, I thought that the focus from Nolan, I don't know if this is what Nolan was trying to do, but it was almost like on values. Like you see the boy who's not a soldier, you know, at the end he's a war hero and, you know, Tom Hardy's character knows he's going to get himself, you know, taken, but he does it. So it's, it's kind of more values things rather than like character development. But yeah, I, I see your point. So, All right. Yeah. Wesley, number four. Ooh, this might be a hot take. Number four, I have Inception, but it's because Inception and, I, Inception and I have been on a journey together, okay? Well, do tell. I have seen it a total of five times. The first two times, I fell asleep because I was so bored. <laughs> wow. Yep. And I can tell you, I fell asleep pretty much at the same spot both times, right around when they're like, the car goes underwater. Okay. That's around, that's around the time that happened well, the car goes underwater for like half the movie <laughs> like i said <laughs> i fell asleep because i was so bored and then the third Huge time dream is collapsing the third time i watched it full the way through the whole way through and i didn't get it and i was i was i was ticked because i was like this is a bad movie i don't get it <laughs> and oh, then man. and then the fourth time i tried i tried really hard and i almost got it but still at the end like near the end i got i got lost in the shuffle i was like wait how many times did they go in and out? And then it was too much. And then finally, the fifth time, someone sat with me and explained to me every single time they switched levels. Oh, they held your hand. And it. then I got it. And then I, and then I'm like, okay, you know what? This is a good movie. But because it took me, <laughs> took me so many times, I had to dock at some points. <laughs> wow. That, but you didn't have your master's degree yet. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. Didn't even have a bachelor's degree the first three times. <laughs> Well, that explains. Gotcha. Well, how, what did you think of Leo's uh, performance? In oh, it, the solid. five times you've seen it. Solid. Honestly, I've I've probably only seen it five or six times. Did you get it every time? <laughs> I think it took me two. Right. I'd say the second time I I, I got it. But yeah, no, I I love all, everyone in there. JGL, Ellen Page. I mean, yeah, they were great. I just didn't get it for a long time, but then I did, and I I will say that it is a great movie, and you people should watch it, and you should watch it till you get it. Yeah, I think Leo had a re- like we watched Inception a couple weeks ago for like their 10th anniversary re-release in the theaters. You know what? Like he really could have won a best actor for this. Mm-hmm. Like 
the comparing it to the revenant like there's no they're just they're different roles but i think he, this might have been better than the his performance in the revenant that got him mm-hmm. the best performance in a leading role so anyway we'll move on to my number four which is the prestige Ooh. so the prestige hugh jackman uh christian bale michael kane crying as usual <laughs> um it's it's a heavy movie it is a mind bender it is one you just you've got to be focused the whole time uh I, the first time i watched it, i watched it with drew swearingen wes mm. someone who we know very well Wait, I and think that first, did I, we watch it the same first time oh maybe did you watch it I don't in know. His, did you watch it in his room yeah i was there oh great because that's where well, i watched it too <laughs> yeah so i just remember him telling me like you're going to need to pay attention because at the end it's going to all make sense. And so that's what I did. And at the end I was kind of mind blown. But that being said, the first like hour and a half are, are pretty slow, Mm, like borderline, borderline boring, depending on what type of movies you like. If you don't like these type of movies, you're going to find the first hour and a half to be kind of boring. Definitely, definitely slow. Even if you really like mind benders, which Mm. I, which I do, but it all pays off in the end with the prestige which Mm -hmm. is the title of the movie but also the third act uh, of the illusion so beautifully shot movie as well it really feels like like it's a beautiful movie but it also feels old you know Mm -hmm. like it takes place in the era in which it's supposed to the costume design is great scarlett johansson is in this movie she's great it all comes together really nicely, but it's it's rewatchability factor not super high. And Landon and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. Not as rewatchable as some of these other ones, and most of the added enjoyment comes from watching your friends flip out over the over the twist at the end. Yep. So we love that. We live for that. But yeah, Prestige is my number four. On to number three. On to number three. All right, mine's Interstellar. We did talk about that a bit, so I'll I'll kind of cruise, but. Um, I mean, echo everything you said. Great setup. I I didn't mind the ending. Uh, I I think I like it more each time I watch it. Um, I think the robot Tars is one of, if not the straight up funniest robot in TV, with like the humor percent and like realism percent. You know, and mm. he's like, I don't know, more I, than K two S O from Rogue One. Yes, yes, <laughs> I would say so. Uh, K2SO wasn't bad, but uh, I, I I think TARS, I don't know. I, I just always laugh at that part. And also, Interstellar is one of two movies where I, I'm not a big crier, but I tear up uh, mm. with in The Patriot and in, in Interstellar when uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, or um, he's watching. Cooper. Yeah, Coop. Uh, when he's like watching all the videos that his son and daughter sent him and just like get missing out on their life. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can't really relate, but it hits home. It's different. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's right on. When uh, Murph, his daughter, Murph. he he gets off of Edmund's planet, um, which is the water ocean planet, and their mission there took a little longer than they were expecting, and that turns into being like twenty three years in Earth time, and then he sees that now his daughter Murph is working for NASA, and sees a video of her, and is like, I just missed. 23 years of your life like mm. and this there's just shock on his face and emotion and tears it's a touching moment and don't they talk i can't remember if it's his daughter or his son who calls him the day that they're 
the same age he was when he left or, oh. or something like that. It's like, ooh. Yeah, you're right. Like ooh. right before he goes out. Oh, and then he comes back in and boom, she's 23 years have gone by. And, and credit to time. McConaughey or McConaughey. He is just, oh, yeah. His tears. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Did he have a Lincoln in that movie? Did he have a what? A Lincoln. <laughs> I, think oh, the, Lincoln? I think the ship was a Lincoln. Oh, the car? Yeah. <laughs> he always, uh, dove in, always dove has into one. A, dove into a, an infinity <laughs> pool or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he he drove a truck at one point. I don't think Lincoln makes a truck. He drove a truck into a cornfield, uh-huh. which, fun fact, the cornfields were sets. Really? They, were, they didn't actually go to a cornfield. They planted 500 acres of corn what? on a set so that they, they could create to... a dust storm. Wow. To destroy it all. And then they fed the children with <laughs> corn. <Yeah>. I hope. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I hope so. Do you think that those, that corn was organic or GMOs? Mm. There is a mm. right answer. Yeah, Wes is a, has an opinion on this. <laughs> I mean, the correct answer here would be organic because they ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wes hates the, the non-GMO craze. Mm, we can banter gotcha. about that sometime, but no one will listen. So, um, I don't think he. I don't think Landon cares that much. Oh, I'm not expecting him to. He's from. A, he's from an area of the country where agriculture is not the first thing on your mind. Well, Perry, don't you want to eat? Except for apples. <laughs> hey, why you? You're, just, you're preaching the choir, my dude. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll just. I'll just move on. I got all a right. Sam's Club membership and everything. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. That's like a big deal. Yeah, that's we, like. That's like we a. We got. Real... We got one. We got down here. Stop! You're lying. That's like. Stop the, that's like the most mom thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Wow. Appreciate it. All right, cool. I usually, I usually get called a dad, so I don't know if this is an upgrade or well, what. Well, I, I just feel like moms are usually the ones that go to Sam's Club. Oh, my dad's the one that's been doing Sam's Club. This is such a tangent, honestly. Wait, we're on your number three? Three, three. yeah. Right, and then my number three? Yep. Okay. No, Perry, you're actually going to do number six. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. My number six. All right, so my number three. Cat in the hat. Oh, oh no. Sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. My number <laughs> <laughs> my number three i have batman begins batman begins wow okay. yeah I, 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 d- I did think you were gonna say batman versus superman for a minute oh but. man that's my number one. Oh wait oops dang it gosh dang it uh yeah batman begins so i this is actually the last of the three that i saw like in my lifetime i had seen the dark knight and then the dark knight rise and this was the last one so when i watched it i was already attached to the characters that were in it so to me it was more of a prequel which isn't anyone else's business but my own so also probably a little biased i think it's a great origin story um i like you know liam neeson's villain much more than bane raz raz agul yeah i like him much more than bane so okay and i think it's fun yeah how'd you feel about the scarecrow uh, he scares me. Killian, Killian Murphy, says he? He's, Killian, he scares me. Yeah, Killian Murphy. He's, he actually scares me a lot. <laughs> yeah, when they like when they do when he's tripping on that gas stuff mm-hmm. and and he looks at Batman and Batman's like like when Mario eats a metal mushroom yeah. and he becomes metal <laughs> Batman. A good way of you know, like and he's like melting and yeah, yeah that was a little much for me. Scarecrow, but, Scarecrow still <laughs> freaks me out, and I think that's that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he's not bad, but when you compare him to the the preceding, wait, not preceding, Succe- the succeeding, su- succeeding, succeeding next villains. Well, anyway, <laughs> and Barry, it's your turn. All right, my number three is The Dark Knight Rises mm. from 2012, and like I said, this was was my favorite 
Dark Knight movie uh, for a long time. And I just, one of my favorite movie theater experiences of my life, for sure. I just remember going to this movie in theaters and just being awestruck in loving the redemption arc. It's just a phenomenal. I love a good redemption arc. I love Zuko's redemption arc in Avatar The Last Airbender. I can probably think of more, but I don't on the on the forefront of my mind right now. But a good redemption arc where in this movie, let's face it, Bruce Wayne is washed. He is old. He is grumpy. He <laughs> doesn't really want to be Batman anymore. And he is not in the shape to, to be Batman. But when the city needs him, he tries to tries to stand up and fight and he gets pummeled. Mm-hmm. He gets absolutely pummeled into the lowest place he could possibly be uh, and has to fight and claw uh, his way out of the literal pit. Like not just not a, not a figurative pit. He's in the literal pit and he has to claw his way out of uh, and save his city one last time from Bane. Yeah, just powerful story. I don't know why like an, a, zero Oscar noms like compared to eight for The Dark Knight. Hmm. I, these two are so so close in how like amazing they both are to me. But great movie, great acting all around. Just Joseph Gordon-Levitt's also really nice addition mm-hmm. i don't know one of my favorite movies probably probably a top 25 all-time movie for me as well i would say wow wow yeah high praise I, I, i'm yeah. i'm big on when actors improv stuff and i love finding out about that stuff and one of my favorite things that was improv and i talked about the hand on the shoulder thing but uh when the dudes the kid is singing the national anthem or whatever mm. and uh tom hardy goes you know oh, what a lovely voice yes like, that was that right was before improv. he it's goes like, on the football field right uh-huh. it's just like it just and, shows and his all of the pittsburgh bit. steelers are out there <laughs> right because they're in pittsburgh this is actually a fun fact that i saw i read today so they're the the Pittsburgh or not they're the Gotham City Rogues, mm. I think they are, and it's a bunch of Steelers: Big Ben, Heinz Ward, Troy Polamalu, a bunch of Steelers, probably ten to twelve of them. You see as you, as you, there's a camera panning for like the national anthem, mm-hmm. and the kicker of the opposing team that kicks off to Heinz Ward before Heinz Ward like takes it into the end zone and turns around and the whole field's gone. Mm-hmm. The kicker of the opposing team is the Pittsburgh mayor. What? Who was a kicker in college. Did he actually kick off or was he just... No, I think he actually kicked off. Wow. I mean, I don't have that confirmed, but I have confirmed that that was a Pittsburgh mayor and he was a kicker in college. So that is pretty crazy. That's awesome. I think one of my buddies has a Big Ben uh, jersey from the Gotham Rogues, he said. The Gotham City Rogues, yeah. Wow. Huh. That's a fun fact. So if you, you came know. to banter, I hardly know her for some fun facts. Yeah, Perry, that was a little Perry, tidbit that was, for you to chew on. That was truly a fun fact. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, it made me you have a fun. lot coming from you. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, so where are we at? We're at number two for Landon. I mean, that transitions into my number two, which is Dark Knight. Uh, so good, so good on so many levels. I'm... I don't think either of you have mentioned it yet, so I'm assuming it's it's upcoming. So I'll let you guys do a large portion of the talking. But uh, yeah, Heath Ledger, phenomenal, so quotable, so just it just the Joker's a villain unlike any other. Truly, oh man, I could go on and on. Continue if you wish. Yeah, go for it. You are our guest. Be our guest. Be our guest. I mean, I'm just I'm trying to think of all the things. Uh, the opening scene, which Dark Knight Rises opening scene. 
is fantastic. Uh, as well as Dark Knight. Uh, those are two of just my favorite things, uh, especially with the Joker ending it by killing everyone and taking everything for himself. But then he's not selfish because he burns all his money later on. True. And uh, just the, <laughs> like when he walks in to that meeting of all the bad guys and he's got the grenade, uh. let's not blow this out of proportion. <laughs> just, uh, he, he's, he's phenomenal. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix did a great job in, in Joker as well, but... I think Heath's performance will always just be a standout performance. Mm. Like, there's a difference. Like, they're both great, like you said. There's a difference, though, between just diabolical and insane, but a genius Mm -hmm. in Heath Ledger's performance Mm -hmm. versus a truly disturbed, Mm -hmm. but a little mentally handicapped version that leads him to do all these things in... The Joker. There's some commentary there, but I I think that distinction was kind of cool. Yeah. I want to know how I got these scars. (laughs) My father was a drunk. So good. So So incredible. Every line delivered. Every single line that he delivers is just another level of the character. Oh. Mm -hmm. So So good. You just believe that he believes Mm -hmm. that he is the Joker. I think he does. Written by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Brilliant writing. Brilliant. Brilliant. I think he did Brilliant. believe he was the Joker. <laughs> I think he did, and that may be why... I think that's why things went wrong. Things went south. So that is a bummer. Wes, what is your number two? My number two, Perry, I have The Prestige. The Prestige. Yeah, okay. I love magic. I think I'm a bit of a simpleton. I love magic. I, I get so amazed by magic anyway. Um, nice. And so watching a movie about magic, to me was a lot of fun and the fact that it was a mind bender and they actually you actually did learn how it happened oh i i loved it yeah most people a lot of people i don't have, don't think i have very many people to watch it with though but i will watch it by myself and be happy yep it is it is an exquisite movie it's also pretty sad it is pretty sad like watching like how much they are willing to lose how mm-hmm. far they're willing to fall for an illusion mm-hmm. to be the best like yeah just it's it's got some some really tough, heavy stuff, yeah, but tough. That's really a, good that, movie. That's a good word. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Moving on to, you. to my number two, which happens to be, it's my number two is Inception. Mm. So Inception, just one of those iconic movies. I mean, probably got snubbed uh, for Best Picture in 2010. I know it was uh, the King's Speech. I think took it, took it down in 2010, um, as well as taking down Best Screenplay. So Nolan could have gotten a couple Oscars right there. I don't even. I don't think I've ever seen the King's Speech, but I think Inception is incredible. Like I said before, Leo DiCaprio, one of his best performances for sure. Uh, just this idea of going into a dream and planting a seed and an idea that can just grow. And it's also very, it's got some very thriller elements. Like there's a lot of stuff in the movie that makes you kind of, I don't know, shiver a little bit, gets you on the edge of your seat. Like you don't want to miss anything kind of thing. So it is a uh, iconic turn of the decade type movie, you know, that, that really, you know, we we've been looking back. A lot of people, a lot of a lot of big movie buffs have been looking back um, from you know once we turned into 2020 here and closed the book on the 2010s decade. And Inception was 
truly one of those movies that you look back on as as an iconic 2010s decade film absolutely so yeah i mean that uh, that just transitions i mean that's my number one so i just keep talking about perfect it, but, oh man like at the i was the first time i watched it it was like Man, what did I just watch? This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't fully understand it, but that's made me love it all the more. Um, it, it's my second favorite movie of all time. Uh, it just, I don't know. It's, it's just so Nolan. It's Nolan at his core mm-hmm. um, with the, the layers of dream and just the ideas that he toys with. And, and Dom's character development, as you see, uh, you, you just get a little more insight into his relationship with his wife and his whole backstory, which, you know, there's a thing there. And I, I thought that was incredibly well done for like a kind of an action heist movie. Um, and then the ending with, with, I think time is my favorite Hans Zimmer piece. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. so good. So good. When, it, you know, when he wakes up, well, you don't know if he's going to make it. And then he wakes up on the plane and he's like looking around uh, the, I can't remember the name of the, um, his employer, but he makes the call. Saito. Saito. Yep. Makes the call, goes through, gets to see his dad, Michael Caine again, Michael Caine crying. Yep. There you go. And, uh, with the top spin, it's just like the ambiguity there. It's just like, Oh man, that is, that is fantastic. It, it, oh, it's just, and then watch, we got to watch it again in theaters and you just mentioned that, but it was fun to see on the big screen with just the sounds and the, the uh, just the stunts and, and everything. It was just, it was cool to experience it in the theaters because I didn't get to yeah. watch it back when it came out. Yeah. I don't think I watched kiddo. it in theaters either yeah. as a kid. Yeah. 10 years ago. Classic. So good. So good. But never hated whoever the actress that plays Maul so much in my life. Mm. Like she is truly. She's chilling. Chilling. Yeah. That was the word I was going to use. It's just. Mm. Yep. Gives you the heebie-jeebies. Gives you the heebie-jeebies something uh. awful. And she Ugh. comes back in uh, Dark Knight Rises. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's Ross Al Gould Jr., right? Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's not her name. <laughs> That's Basically. her name now. That's her name now. Yep. Yep. Wow. All right. All right, Perry. Talia Al Ghul. Ugh. Talia. Yeah. Ugh. I stabbed you first. <laughs> 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 oh no why would you say that <laughs> i mean because, say what because well, it's, you, not, it's because, not appropriate it's quote from because, the no, thing right no because you said it i almost followed it up by instinct <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about this is a clean podcast N- number one number one for me is the dark knight yeah, beautiful. I absolutely. I'll love just it. go ahead and say that is also my number one. Perfect. Look at us go. So we'll tag I, team here. I think. I mean, I almost cry or do cry every single time I watch it because Heath Ledger is just so good, and I know that he's not here anymore. <laughs> yep. Like it's just so good. I can't even. Yeah. It just doesn't even make sense. It, it should not be that good. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. How like how amazing he is in that role, and knowing that like it kind of drove him insane to, to yeah. get into that yeah i mean into that character heath ledger as the joker is my favorite acting performance by anyone ever period wow yeah some of the other really cool stuff about that movie some of the hand-to-hand combat combat scenes like when he's going when he's in that building going to find the joker and it's dark there's a ton of hostages that are all dressed as mm-hmm. uh jokers right yep mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. clowns and 
and then doctors, which are the actual minions, and he's got to f- basically fight them all without you know hurting any of the hostages. And it's a really this really cool, really mm-hmm. real like there's not a lot of CGI or anything in that. Um, the scene where the Joker walks into the room and and then slams a guy's head on a pencil. Oh man, there it's gone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That just sets the tone right there. If that doesn't send chills down your spine, I don't know what else will. It is, yeah, just a borderline perfect movie. Like, when it comes to superhero movies, there has never been one in my mind that can compare, that can even be in the conversation as The Dark Knight. Now, I will say that um, Infinity War and, like, The Winter Soldier, still my favorite mm. Still my favorite uh, Marvel movie. Those come pretty close. They're just different kinds but of they're, movies. Yeah, but they're I, just... The, the Dark Knight doesn't even feel like a superhero movie sometimes. Right. Maybe yeah, most of the I, time. May, maybe, the mo- maybe the closest you can get is like Logan. Like, yeah, that's, that, I would count that as similar. That has more of a feel, but it's just still not in the conversation. Right. Just of like... Because it's... Borderline perfect movie. It's dark, it's, it's good, and it doesn't... It's very human. Yeah. Um, unlike most superhero movies. It's an action movie with superheroes in it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Harvey Dent, like Aaron Eckert, incredible in it. Uh, and then, so at the end, you're like, okay, he's defeated Joker. But like, you still have 20 minutes of heart pounding suspense and action left because now Aaron Eckert has now turned from, or Harvey Dent has now turned from this white knight character to now he's this two face, um, and he's taking Commissioner Gordon's family right mm-hmm. uh, hostage, and um, it's just this theming of even the best can fall, yep. even the best of us can be corrupted, and which is all he wanted. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Some people just want to see the world burn, Bruce. So, that's a crying Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Man, we got through them. Our one through five. We'll do a little recap. My five was Interstellar. My four was The Prestige. Three, The Dark Knight Rises. Two, Inception. And one, The Dark Knight for me. Landon, what about you? Five was Rises. Four Dunkirk, three Interstellar, two Dark Knight, and one Inception. Yes, and mine at five I had Tenet, four was Inception, three was Batman Begins, two the Prestige, and number one the Dark Knight. Dope. All right, before we uh, sign this one off and and uh, get you guys, you know, prepared to start. Uh, well, get you guys ready to start preparing for our next episode, which will be Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wes, you've got some some kind of like superlatives for us yeah. with these Christopher Nolan you know, movies. I don't really know how fun they are, but I kind of just wanted to pick your brains. Okay. So, the first Shoot. superlative. Which Christopher Nolan movie, for you, is the most confusing? Most confusing? I'd say Tenet, for me. Um, I, I need to rewatch it. It, it. it was even hard for me to rank it when we were talking about these, because like... Feel like I need to watch it again. It could it could crack my top five. I just there's so much that I missed. Uh, yeah, I feel like there was so much there, and I got sixty percent of it. But mm. um, there's just a little left to be had in my mind. But 
Yeah, I'd probably agree. I'd say I, you know, without that master's degree, there was only so much I could <laughs> take in, and I would say I spent a little too much of the movie wondering what was going on. The other contender would be Memento, mm. um, but upon like, you know, diving into Memento a little further after watching it, it does make quite a bit of sense. Though at the end, there's still a couple frustrating gray areas that mm. you're left mm-hmm. um, ambiguous to uh, left to just kind of decide for yourself. So, but yeah, I would, I'd also probably go tenant. Okay, cool. Uh, second superlative, which movie is the most intense? Wait, Wes, you've got to give us your answer. Oh, do I really? Oh, I didn't think of those. Oh, well it's, it's inception because <laughs> inception. Took, it took inception. you five times. Yeah. It's the most so confusing. Many times. All right. Number two, the most intense, most intense. There's so many different kinds of intense. I mean, Dunkirk, you've got that just, mass impending doom with all these troops trying to get out of this beach you've got just that rivalry in dark knight with you know joker and batman inception even for me i mean i know i'm biased because inception was my number one but that ending with will dom get home that's a tough one for me i don't know what do you think barry um yeah that is tough dunkirk with that shepherd's tone makes it feel really intense but I think I think I'm going to go with The Dark Knight Rises actually mm. as the most intense. There's something about like Bane that like I remember actually kind of wondering like obviously it's a movie you kind of know it's going to end happily, right? But the end of that movie is so suspenseful mm-hmm. if you remember where mm. He's coming back out of this pit. He's coming, and now everybody's released from all these Gotham prisons, and there's yeah. riots everywhere, and it is just mad, madhouse. Everybody's stuck in Gotham City, can't leave, and he has to go confront Bane. I would say Dark Knight also is extremely intense, but it's kind of a kind of an ongoing intensity. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas in The Dark Knight Rises, there's kind of a lull, not, not like in... Like the movie's still super compelling during this quieter time, sure. but it's not as much ac- much action, and then it really crescendos at the end that makes it kind of feel a little more intense. So I'm gonna go The Dark Knight Rises for that one. Yeah. I, th- I think. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think. Uh, I, I think the more I think about, it, I think I might go with Dunkirk just because because of the lack of dialogue. It's just cinematically that pressure builds with like the music and and all those things. So that was just that was the one thing I was gonna say, but sure. uh, yeah, I think cool. I think Rises is a great great take as well. Yeah. So yeah, how about you, Wes? I, I'm gonna pick Inception because interesting. It just, just felt like every time they were about to come out of mm-hmm. one and go to the next, go to the, like the level they were just at, it's like, are they gonna make it out actually? Um. And oh, the what's her name? Ma Mall Mall Mall. Oh, she's oh ugh. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 the glass breaks? Oh, I can't. Ugh. Yeah, and, and when she and when she jumps off, and you know, you know, DiCaprio's like, "No, Maul, no!" It's just like, it's powerful. Oof. Yeah. So that's that that's mine. Yeah, that's mine. All that's right. A good shout. Third superlative, best performance in a Christopher Nolan movie. I think Heath Ledger's Joker. Gotta be. I also think gotta he, be. I also think Heath Ledger's Joker. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Hot take. I'm gonna go. Uh, 
Kevin Joseph from the following. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea if that's even <laughs> the, the random Dan Smith. I'm actually going to pick Ben Affleck um, from Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> I'm going to pick uh, Affleck the duck um, <laughs> from the commercials. Can I throw in TARS, the in- interstellar robot? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You're the guest. Um, no, no, yeah. I think it's got to be Heath. Yeah. yeah. You with us, Wes? Oh, I'm with you. You already said you were, I think. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. That's definitely. All right, number four. Uh, take this word I use lightly because I don't mean it offensively, but what's your favorite Christopher Nolan gimmick? Okay. So the gimmick, obviously all his movies, minus the Batmans, have a gimmick. Sure. So which one was your favorite? So so I'm, I'm actually picking one that I really like. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was going to say, like, the love gimmick in Interstellar kind no, of no, mockingly. No, no, no. Um, not that it's bad, like I said, is my number five. Um, I'm gonna actually go with the the gimmick used in Memento of uh, the way he tells the story. Uh, that so there's two stories going on um, at the same time. They flip back and forth. One is in black and white, and one is in color. And you find out at the end. You don't really know this at, during it, I don't think, but you find out at the end that the black and white storyline is uh is going forward mm. um while the the color storyline is kind of coming back it's not like in reverse but like when it cuts back to it every time it cuts back is farther back in that storyline and then you see that that set, that clip forward so yeah the way that the gimmick of using black and white versus color uh, I think is really interesting and at the end it helps make it all make sense a little more of how mm-hmm. this timeline works so that at the end of the film the color and the black and white timeline are joining and it f- kind of fades in to color and then at that point the storyline that you had been seeing in black and white would be excuse me the storyline you had be seeing in color is basically that's where they they would be going um, after that. So the 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 middle of the story is actually the end of the movie. I think. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I I mean I think back to uh, Wes. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, honest trailers does an honest trailer of every Christopher Nolan movie, mm. and they just roast all his go-to things. Oh and, no. I, it's 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 pretty funny. You should get, you should give it a watch. But I think my favorite gimmick would be. Uh, as they say it, Hans Zimmer falling asleep on his synth, and it's just cuts to like, <laughs> <laughs> just like these loud sounds from Interstellar and Inception, and just oh yeah, I, I love Hans, big Hans guy. So big Hans guy, keep keep, uh, keep bringing Hans back. Oh man, yeah. I love that. Wow, my my favorite one is Tenet, just because of the uh, the fighting in reverse or the inverted okay. fights. Yeah, because it's at the beginning, and you're like, what? the crap am i watching uh and then at the end it, it happens again and you're like oh my gosh i know what i was watching and now yeah. i'm watching it again and i get it this time yeah yeah all right fourth superlative oh that was that was the fourth one so this is the last one the last superlative. Okay. Right. which christopher nolan movie would you want to live in that's a good question wow. i know nothing in gotham city because that place is a wreck Interstellar. I mean, maybe at the end, the but like because Earth's like the gone Earth is dying, point. like Wally They're style. All living in the this weird baseball field where you hit a home run straight. Or yeah, the, if you build it, they will come like Utopia. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, that's tough. I 
I'd be down to go in people's dreams. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably be with you there. I'd probably say, I mean, insomnia is the most normal. Insomnia is just a normal world it's with nothing Alaska. weird going on. As they're just in Alaska. Just Robin Williams is a. But but I, I, I'm murder. with you. I think in- Inception. Yeah. Because I mean, Inception may not affect your day to day life. You could just. You right. Know. But, but it also, but, if you're like, hey, I'm going to go. Like if I had a few grand to drop on a box that could put me in your dreamland, and that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me how many people live in the state of Washington. You can <laughs> I could suck that out mind. of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> or I could plant it in your mind that it's only 13, 14,000 uh-huh. like we were talking about. Oh, and then, my goodness. And the next my identity? Time, Where am I from? <laughs> <laughs> the name, the name. What is his name? Oh, my goodness, Barry. I'm just gonna say the Prestige, just so I can watch the magic show. Oh, okay. that, that's a good one. Just so you can watch which magic show? Uh huh. Which trick? All of them. I I want to see everything. So you would be just a casual magic fan. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Be, I'm just the casual spectator. That, so you're just the guy that's like, oh, you've got a cool trick. I'm gonna go to your show tonight. Oh, and, you've got a cool trick. I'll go to your show. And then the, the, and, the, the and then just say, take my money here. And then there's the fishbowl guy that puts the fishbowl between his legs. You go to his show too. Might absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My answer was kind of lame, but I still stand by it. Yeah, Sweet. I love it. Is that it? That's it. That's all. That's we got. it, yeah. man. We have broken down every Christopher Nolan film. You know, actually, we put up a poll earlier this week um for it had all of our viewers or in well not viewers they're not going to see much our listeners um <laughs> rank i guess rate each christopher nolan movie on kind of a sliding scale and i looked through the results and it looks like um our community of listeners the banter mites as we say has mm-hmm. dark knight as number one mm. uh followed by the prestige oh it, Inception, Interstellar at number four, Dunkirk at number five, Tenet number six, and they surprisingly had a decent, like I said, enough people that, you know, I didn't think that was a skewed result. There was a decent amount of people that have seen it already, either that or a lot of people voted pretty highly for it that haven't seen it. (laughs) Um, Then followed that, uh, The Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins tied at seven, uh, but it was both like, you know, if, if it was a scale of like one to 10, it was both like seven and a half probably. So still pretty high up there. Memento is number nine. Not very many people have seen Memento. I think it was like six or seven people. And then pretty much nobody had seen Insomnia or Following. Um, so those were 10 and 11. So anyway, that wraps up our episode real quick before we end this Wes and let people start getting excited for our avatar the last airbender episode mm-hmm. we did get a new apple podcast review we did that i wanted to read yeah but they didn't give us a voice to read it in just do it in bane or joker or something christopher nolan okay sure yeah yeah we'll do it in we'll do a bane impression for this review from L825, she said, I mean, I assume it's a she, I don't know. She said, always something new, Wesson Perry. I don't, I'm stuck. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I only one. say, I only say a few things in a Bane voice and they're you all. You can only see Bane things in a Bane voice. I know. How about I just do Batman? How about that? Where's Rachel? Where's Rachel? Always something new. Wes and Perry know how to keep things fresh with unique topics and witty banter. Absolutely one of the funniest podcasts in my queue. 
And don't forget to listen to the Ghibli episode. It's the best. Okay, I think I know who wrote this review, so I'm not going to spoil it. You know who you are. Thanks for the review, uh, L825. Yeah, the the um, Ghibli episode is a fun one. It's funny that this person says it's the best because that's one of the only ones Wes isn't on. So, Ouch. <laughs> that hurts. Uh, no, this episode that we're doing right now is the best. So I think so. Watch it. Anyway, so if you want to write a review and tell us what voice to read it in and who needs to read it, me or Wes, uh, you can do that. If it's especially if it's five star, we'll definitely be reading it on here mm-hmm. um, and making a fool out of ourselves so for you, if, for you, the listener at home. Anyway, that was a lot of fun, Landon. Thanks for you know taking the time out of your busy day and driving all the way to my closet <laughs> and uh, recording this with us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you a real one. Hey, I'll be back to tell you guys the population of Washington, and hey, yes. I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a cue from Christian Bale, and I'll probably be you know 130 pounds heavier. So. <laughs> it's gonna I, fit the I role. I want you guys to redo my intro next time I'm on the show <laughs> with the amended numbers. Perfect, perfect. Incredible. All right, in two weeks we will be back to do an Avatar: The Last Airbender extravaganza. We'll be ranking our top 10 episodes, and we will be doing a few other things uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender related. It is going to be a fun time i know a lot of people have been suggesting us do this episode for a while so that's coming two weeks set your clocks that'll be out and until then wes stay hungry stay humble and stay hydrated